poetry lovers. This Father's Day, give the gift of poetry with Father versus Sons, a moving, funny, and richly illustrated book from the iconic Beat Generation author Herbert Gold and his twin sons. Father versus Sons, a correspondence in poems. This is Julian Talamantes Berlaski reading Poetry as a Temporal Art. This poem has an epigraph from Joshua Beckman, To Touch and It Once Be Touched. To touch and it once be touched, that's what the poem does. It reaches out with its long spindly arms, its grandmother arms to hold you. But you are the arms also in the act of reaching and folding in yourself all the primness and solidarity and creakiness of the grandparent as it holds you through the reaches of time. And you are time itself, grandfather time, grandparent time, the grandiosity of time ticking away in its grandparent clock, the clock that haunted the halls of your grandparents and the further forebears that measure things not by clocks, but by the sun. As the dawn rang out, everything was okay. We. Our forebears noted where the light of the sun first fell on the earth at dawn. Bitole, the sun's rays, these were holy, holy, and where they fell is where we placed our fire pit, and around that pit laid four stones, and those stones were the four directions, and from them measured out four teepee poles at equal distance, and between these, eight more fanning out, and atop it erected a teepee, the home of the holy person, and atop the teepee a crown of evergreens and other plants, yada'a'a, the tops of the poles unshorn of their leaves. Blessings were conferred. Songs happened in time, to the beat of the deer hoof rattle, not to a beat itself, since a rattle's noise is disparate, spread out, but to the idea or the sense of a beat nestled at the center of the shaking of the rattle and its small collection of sounds. Thrill of the pulsatile universe unfolding across time. Across, as if time were a length of thread or a thing traversed in space. Songs, poetry, happened across the pulse of time. They were not like a painting, making its same damn face whether the Louvre was open or closed, but like music happening in time so that you couldn't look at the whole thing all at once. You couldn't look at its face head on. You had to perceive it a pace, at a pace. It didn't matter whether time was a thing you believed in or not, whether time was a thing that was real or not, whether it coalesced with space, the space you moved through with your foot on the real earth. You spoke to your lover on a thing called FaceTime because you were far apart in space, hours apart in time. You could not hold each other, but you could see each other's face. You could see the face, but not touch it. It was a face as represented by a screen. Your faces appeared to each other on this screen and your voices too could be beheld, perceived, 
in and across time and across space. They could be beheld but not touched. Face to face you could be of a kind, but your cheeks could not touch like in the song where the lovers danced cheek to cheek and your lover said they didn't want to have a relationship through this thing, through this face and this time, and you agreed. A thing that ever after sterilized your concern into a thing seen but untouchable, like the painting in the museum, which could be looked at and looked at only. Touch me only with thine eyes, some prim poet probably once said. Look but don't touch, one of my parents said to the other, speaking of attractive people. That the gaze is said to touch, it is said to do violence. Take that sun mote out of your eye when you look at me. Take that beam out of your eye. I am a crap. I am a happenstance. I am holy, holy. Christ's eye beams pierce Thomas too, you know. A woman wore the feather of a flicker on the top of the red blanket she wore around her shoulders in the peyote meetings of the Lapan, who kept the beat first by a bow they hit with the stick, a stick, not an arrow, and then by various drums of water, who tie up a drum in the flick of an eye. A flicker is so called because the undersides of its wings are yellow you see them in a golden flash, flashing across the forest. By you, I mean me. My lover once held me creakily in grandparent arms before it became an insect, and one calling all of the old ones of the desert to us, even embarrassed about the beat that it made because it was not native, it being the lover. Still, it was a holy thing, holy, holy, diyin, a holy person, singing a double beat, first to the earth and then to me. I am earthless, I said, earthless, as two syllables. I felt the pricks, the holy pricks of the lard on the crown of my head, and I felt them seeding. I felt them being seeded there. Holy, holy, there is no God, there is only Diyi, Robert said, but what accounts for that thing we saw in the desert? I seed and then I saw it. I seed and saw it. A seesaw is a thing that you see and then you saw. It measures vision across time as the bodily movement of two children going up and down, sawed in half the measure of my eye, the top of my head took clean off. Looking is not the same as touching. There is a frog that looks with bifocular vision. The top half of its eye evolved a skill for looking above water and the bottom half of its eye for looking below water. When Isana Klesh came out of the water, she danced on the shore, but for a long time, she stayed in the water with her face half submerged. They didn't know if it was a man or a woman. When she came out of the water, the bottom half of her face was stained with the minerals of the primordial pond. The bottom half of her face looked white. Now they paint the girl that way, with clash, the white clay, the earth on the bottom half of her face. 
but she is a sonic clash now. She is not the girl anymore. Poetry occurs in time, syllable by syllable. A trance state occurs peripherally, serially, over and over, and in that state you passed time, but you didn't notice the passing of time. You were, as it were, beyond time, though occurring in time and primarily to the beat of the rattle and the rhythm of the singing. You can touch and be touched in a poem, though it come through the ear, though it come through the eye, it touches the way a person is said to be touched. I'm touched, you say, when a thing touches you emotionally, and you touch your heart to indicate the heart, to say that that is where you are touched. The heart is understood to be the seat of love. A pulse is measured there, a cardiac pulse whose stoppage or whose arrest is death, the stopping or the stoppage of cardiac time. We saw a snake upon the trail, a smooth green snake undulated into curves, elegant S-like curves upon the moss. Hello, I said. Can I touch you, I said, and taking its calm aspect for an acquiescence, gently stroked the back of its back, and the snake straightened out and faced its face toward me. I do not know what this means in snake language. Perhaps I was touched to touch a snake, touched as in mad, mad as in crazy, feet not on the earth, not in the earthus as the creature itself was, and not its avatar, its whole body upon the earth. Time can have a wrinkle in it, and wrinkles can be ironed out. About this poem, my grandmother, Inez Talamantes, taught me that in Mescalero Apache cosmology, there is no such thing as time, only space and travel through it. In a class I took on Renaissance poetry, Professor Stephen Booth once said, poetry occurs in time, syllable by syllable. I think about both of these things every day. And I use this poem to think about time, in time, Time in this literal, linear sense, time as a line of poetry, and also time in an indigenous sense, and ceremonial time, time as sacred and cyclical. And in this sacred framework, songs, poetry, have the ability to collapse, speed up, and to both structure time and to dissolve it entirely. And that is where trance and transformation can happen. Poetry is not often thought of as a time-based medium, but it is, or it can be, among other things, and it can also be a visual art. And of course, it is also, and always has been, a musical art.